Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got an heart. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. They're all going to laugh at you. I'm listening to the Jersey Ghouls. Hey, everybody. What's up? And welcome back to another episode with the Jersey Ghouls. Tonight we're taking a little break from our cruel summer and adding a very special guest to celebrate Jackie's birthday. Ahoy, ahoy. <laughs> Hello, Katie Boyer. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Um, we are so thrilled to have you here tonight to celebrate Jackie's birthday episode. And Jackie, what episode are we doing tonight? So tonight for this year's birthday extravaganza, we are going all the way back to 1992 for the OG Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yep. And before we dive in, Katie, I just wanted to take a few minutes just to check in with you because I know you're always up over there, turned the cauldron, brewing us some delicious treats. What you got going on right now? Yeah, well, right now it's kind of just a summer of retros writing, things like that. Screenwriters nice. is on a break, um, working on a novel project, actually four short novellas. Um looking forward to seeing how that turns out but i think that i had to take a break from all of that because this just sounded way too toasty to <laughs> <laughs> and yeah and summer's a good time to take a little break i think personally from Absolutely. from all the uh from all the stuff <laughs> and it's honestly if i'm being completely upfront it's my least horror season like it's pound for pound i tend to gravitate towards horror the least in the summer and I think it's just the overall vibe of summer for me. I don't know if anybody else. It's pre-fall. <laughs> There's a lot going on. There, you know, it's you've got kids, so you've got a ton That's of activities. Yeah. Blockbuster movies. Summer is it's going to be the the least likely time for you to just be like sitting down and watching movies because you're uh -huh. a very your whole family. You guys are very like activity driven. Go go go. So yeah, like I, it makes sense that like this is really not the time where you're just sitting back and chilling. Yeah, yeah. To, like watch what you want. Wow, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. And then I think I get so hyped up for fall that like it's it's almost like by August 15th, I'm like, all right, time for horror movies again. <laughs> like I'm like over it and ready to dive back in. Get me my black robe and yeah. I mean, well, other I mean magical I, things. You know, we keep behind, by going to Hogwarts. <laughs> Yes. It is. It is. We're recording this on July 5th. And then, and as everybody knows, July 5th is the official start of spooky season. So it really I'm is. Ready. Yes. I'm ready. July 5th? 
Oh yes. my God, no, I can't accept that. As, as yeah, next, <laughs> next big holiday is Halloween. It's July 4th. That's and ridiculous. then we're putting on yeah. the black cats and the pumpkins and totally. watermelons carved into pumpkins. Well, and, yeah. <laughs> is my goodness listen don't get me wrong i have no love lost for the fourth of july but i'm yeah okay i'll i can accept that this is the beginning of spooky season another week or so yeah. i'll be ready um yeah. honestly I like, like summer too much i, I go i will enjoy summer and then the moment my birthday hits the right? day after my birthday i am like fuck the rest of the summer wow. it needs to be october 1st i don't even want september after july 22nd it just needs to be october 1st immediately it's pre pre pre-october pre-october and then october (laughs) and then the artist formerly known as october um no and i gotta say (laughs) august is generally the time when the when the spirit halloweens are going to start to pop up there is already some spooky decor in uh i think at home has some and i think michael's might have like a well, couple little sweet. like end caps of, of spooky stuff is coming mm-hmm. out so yeah see august it's is tough for starting. me i like to think of august as the sunday of the year because for for teachers and for people like me who who get time off august is just one big like september's coming it's gonna be here it's like it's like literally one month oh, worth no. of sundays um, well, if you get the sunday scaries which i do that free monday feel so scaries august yep. october yep. spooky yep. i mean you're falling into it yeah i am i am i think by august i'm ready to join in with you guys yeah but usually by august, i'm secretly buying halloween decorations my husband also makes fun of me because i try to decorate for fall by like september 1st because in my head once we go back to school it's fall i don't yeah. give a shit what the calendar uh, says i don't give a shit what you know the the christians tell me i it is fall like <laughs> that's it <laughs> um all right so let's let's dive in here because you two are by far the gurus in my head of the Buffy uh, mythology and storylines and all that good stuff. Because uh, guys- um, it is called the Buffy verse. Yeah. Oh, um, oh God, I'm yeah. so sorry. What are you doing? <laughs> Excuse me, maybe in volume three, they decided to officially call it the Buffy verse. I'm so sorry. How dare I? Relax. <laughs> Although, over there, all right. To to be fair, uh, yeah. it has been it has been stated on more than one occasion. This movie really is not canon. This, this, there's like, when you, I mean, I call bullshit on that. So I have, I have the caveat You've never even watched the whole series. No, I have not. What basis do you have? Because the director is the executive producer of the show. I think she deserves. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is like the storyline in this movie. Oh yeah. America is not canon. I mean, she's Buffy is a senior in this movie. Yes, that's true. That's true. I just want to say, like, the, the way I feel about it is, you know, Whedon does not consider the movie canon to the television show. Right. He, a lot of changes were made. He, he notoriously walked off of the set because he wasn't happy with the direction that 20th Century Fox was going. But due to recent events, I think we should consider it canon just to make him mad. <laughs> we can yes, please. We can do that. <laughs> well, can we just uh, do a blanket fuck Joss Whedon just to make sure I get on record as saying that that mother. I mean, mother. really, I, I think he is a very brilliant <laughs> writer. I think he's got a lot of great ideas in his head. I'm I also fuck. think he is a walking wiener. Like he's just, my, you know, like and you know my guy. rule. I don't give a fuck what fucking brilliant ideas he's got. Nobody should be giving him a seat at the table. Nobody should be giving him money. He should not be allowed to to fucking put his art out there because we all know what a dick he is. So he could go suck a big fat one. There's plenty of talented, brilliant fucking writers out there who aren't complete fucking creeps and dickwads. So to me, as long I will never support new Joss Whedon stuff, even if it means sacrificing my beloved, some of my really beloved shit, canon. Um, so uh, even with and what's that? 
<laughs> the episode is over. <laughs> and fuck you. No, it's fine because this shit, keeps, well, this, this was made before we knew, right? I mean, yeah. so Buffy, well, the movie had nothing to do with him, but <laughs> we didn't um, know. Well, he, he created it. He sold yeah. it to Dolly Parton, Sand Dollar. He Yay. had a very different vision for what it would be. And, uh, you know, Fran and uh, her husband came along and they changed yeah. it with 20th Century Fox's input. And yeah, yeah it was funnier and, you know, lighter and funny. everything. So it's not really like his um, but as an uber fan of the television series, as well as the movie, you don't mm. have to pick one of the other fans out there. Mm. I just have to say, I, I can separate the art from the artist on this one. Cause yeah. I think there are a lot of wonderful writers on the show. I think there's fantastic people who took over the show running, especially in the later seasons. And I think that their work and as well as the artists who like the actors and actresses and everyone who contributed to the project, we, I don't want to diminish anything that they have done movie or TV show because of the recent things that we found out about him. A hundred percent. And I don't think we yeah. go back and we like pretend shit didn't exist. I think that's yeah. the stupid part of all this council culture, you know? Like, I don't want him making any money now, but I have no problem with talking about all of the art he's created thus far. You know, like once, you know, once it's official, like now I'd be pissed if he was getting his own TV show, but I have no problem with you. I think it's important to recognize what a great show and what a great whole thing it was. If uh, like, like we're saying that, you know, the movie is, you know, he considers it not canon. I mean, there is, there's a lot of inconsistencies. It's it's, it's yeah. easy to be like, you know, you take the general idea from Buffy the movie and put it into a TV show. The comic book, uh, it's Buffy the Vampire Slayer, The Origin. Uh, that mm. is basically Whedon's original script in comic book form. When did um, that come out? Uh, it came out after ago. the after the yeah. series. It's actually written by Dan Brereton and Christopher Golden. So oh, yeah. they adapted yeah. it from his script. So there was a lot after it. Buffy the TV show ended. Like yeah. the boom in the comics continued a lot of the story from mm. like, we basically got season eight, season nine of the show in the comic book form. Um, I have not read Buffy Origins. I was looking at it. So if you've read Origin. I have not read Origin okay. because it is just a rehash. Well, you know, I like the movie. Right. Well, I, like I said, the, the, the stuff that I saw online, people reviewing it, um, they said that like, it's okay. Like if you're a super fan and you want to, you know, see what the original thoughts were, like read it. But they said that it's kind of like pretty pictures, a little male gazy and an okay story. So I'm Ooh. like, you know what? Um, that's something like it's like if my library has it, I'll check it out. I don't know that I'd be buying that though. Which I, I would imagine as fans of the show, you guys would be very kind of upset by the idea of male gaze because that's actually one of my big differences in my head, at least from the very limited understanding I have of the show, is that the movie definitely falls a, a little bit victim to the male gaze, whereas the show itself is always so lauded for and, and like for being so hyper-feminist and being so un-male gaze, whatever the opposite of male gaze is, just like, you know, organically focused on the fe female perspective, which is, I'm sure, refreshing, you know? Um. I would like no, you to elaborate on how the movie is male gazy. I wouldn't say that the show isn't male gazy. I think the show had its fair. I mean, there's no reason for the Slayers to, and again, I just say this, I, this is not an accusatory statement, but like there have been plenty of times when like kind of like in superhero movies, like the female character has on her steel bra and her like a little brassiere or whatever. And that's what she's fighting in. There have been plenty of times where you've got slayers in skin tight clothing that are very revealing. And again, it's empowering because I can fight crime and vampires and whatever, however I want to. But I don't think it's fair to say that that show 
wasn't male gazy because I think it's certainly it had its moments and I I don't know that it's necessarily a fair statement to just kind of blanket the fact that women wearing tight clothes and high heels automatically means we're looking at a male gaze situation because I think feminine women can not only be strong but that power can come from their femininity you know powerful because of not in spite of how feminine they are and I think Buffy TV or movie really encapsulate that one of the things that really like I really enjoyed at the end of it was when um Pike says like you're not like normal girls and Buffy's just like yes I am and then and then like her defense when uh Lothos holds the cross and the fire comes up he's like is this your defense and she's like no it's my keen fashion sense and she uses the hairspray and it's like it's when that marriage comes together that we see the power of her femininity and I think that's really important to kind of her heroine's journey and it's the power that comes from it and I think it's meant to really reconcile that spiritual idea of you don't have to be masculine. You don't have to be a smaller dude to be a hero. You can embrace your feminine and be the heroine. So I I completely agree with you. I think that that's actually one of the things that makes Buffy as a character so to me strongly feminist is that this idea of her embracing her own identity and her own sexuality Merrick's little speech when she's dying always kind of to me hits the nail on the head where he's like you do you you do this your way you know what I mean like so to me I think you're completely right and I know you and I Katie have often had just agree to disagree moments regarding male gaze because I think that in 1992 male gaze in film is in my humble opinion almost the norm and uh very rarely can you list films that don't suffer that and if you're if you're wondering what I mean one of the best most profound things that I've ever seen to kind of capture that is if you look at the look at the early posters for the first couple of Marvel movies when all the characters are finally on the cover right we see very clearly delineated outlines and and poses of the females so that their breasts and their booties are in really sexualized view whereas and when the male character opens in captain america and chris evans is shirtless and golden that isn't female gaze at all we're not doing both here at all (laughs) but again when you look at that poster none of the males are sexualized in that way none of them are butt forward to the camera none of them are i'm gonna show their their like cod piece you know what i mean like so so, what that's saying is that there's an ingrained inherent tendency to look at hetero, how do heteronormative people look at these characters? How are they going to respond to this? And that's something that we're now aware of as being kind of normative in older films and trying to kind of, so you're right. I think in the Avengers movies, one of the things I credit them with is being very like, oh, we're going to give eye candy for everybody. Because when there's eye candy for everybody, I'm good with it. And honestly, I'll be the first one to say, I'd rather look at Scarlett Johansson any day or like Elizabeth Olsen (laughs) any day than most of the men in those films, because I do find them to be more beautiful. But at the end of the day, like, I, I think there is something to be said for the fact that like, I think you, and I'm going to have to defer to your judgment here, you guys, because you're right. I think there, this movie did maybe at times, and maybe it's fair to say, like, I'm sorry, but as someone who's just viewing season one, Xander's a fucking creep. Like, he doesn't easily take being friend-zoned. And, and, and to me, as someone who has no skin in the game, there are, like, one of the things I hate about Buffy, and, and, and again, I'm going to rave about how much I love the feminism of Buffy, but one of the things I hate about it is that 
she's still oh, there's still always a guy there's always got to be that that romantic interest that that is really kind of like driving the and again i, I don't know this the series well enough to say it and i'm sorry i know xander's probably a very beloved character and i probably pissed off half our audience but as someone who's just watching season one i'm like this kid's kind of a fucking creep like so but anyway let's let's get down to it let's talk first of all J- jackie why this film for your birthday for your birthday for my birthday because it's your um, birthday it is my birthday so yeah so this this is a very 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 near and dear to my heart movie in the little town i grew up in we had a, a little mom and pop video store right around the corner from my house it was across the street from our elementary school and i remember seeing this movie probably i probably saw it in theaters when i went to the movie theater or i'm sorry when i went to the video store you know it was time to rent it and they had, you know, all the promotional stuff out. You get the pig posters or whatever. And I remember, like, I had never done this before, but I walked up to the person behind the counter and I was like, hey, what do you do with those posters uh, when you change them out? I said, do you ever sell them to people? And they were like, no, but did, you know, if you want it, like, I'll put your name on it. Just come back in, you know, whatever X amount of weeks. And, you know, if it's still here, you can have it. And I'm like, okay. So of course, you know, that day I'm riding my little bike, they have it, they take it down, roll it up, they give it to me. The Buffy poster was above my bed for the longest time. I remember buying- The one with like Luke Perry popping out behind her. Yeah, yeah, he's like popping out behind her. (laughs) I bought the soundtrack and I had the soundtrack on CD. Uh, At this time in my life, I was, and this might surprise some of our audience, for the first 14 years of my life, no, I wouldn't say the first 14 years. I would say from, what was that? It's 10 years. So from ages three to 13, I was a cheerleader. Um, everybody <laughs> in my family was either a coach or on the football team, playing football, all my boy cousins. So from the time I was like a little mascot at three years old, just like shaking my pom-poms, I was a cheerleader. And I remember I was super excited because I learned the dance at the beginning of Buffy and <laughs> I would awesome. always do it. And I got my cheerleading coach that year to use that opening song that keep it coming for yeah. our halftime show. And she that's even incorporated some of the Buffy moves into wow. it. Wow. So yeah. Oh, it was, fantastic. Uh, so this, yeah, like I said, this is a movie that I have loved for 30 years now since I didn't even know that this was going to be the 30th year anniversary for Buffy, but here we go. It's just kind what of serendipitous. Yep. So for That's 30 so years, cool. I have loved this movie. This is one that I go Adorable. back to. I've, I've, I have it on VHS. I have it on Blu-ray. Like this is a movie that I have gone back to time and time again. I have always loved this. I got super excited a couple of years ago when Christy Swanson was at Monster Mania. And, you know, mm-hmm. um, I really don't care about getting celebrity autographs, but I definitely got close enough to be like, hey, Christy, I, love you. <laughs> <laughs> I think Buffy's awesome. Oh, it is. Yeah, I, I love this. And, and to be totally fair, like when I think Buffy, I honestly, Christy Swanson is the first for me. Like I, I, I you know, it's like it maybe is a millisecond, but I think Buffy I see Christy Swanson's Buffy. And then like two seconds later, it's like, oh, and Sarah Michelle Gellar too. That's interesting. I, Cause you're yeah. a big fan of the series. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I was, it, I'm kind of floored to hear you say that. So when I was doing my research, I saw a, they're rebooting Buffy. Is that true? They've been trying to yeah. for a very long time. Wow. Just like um, they did with Charmed. Like they're yeah. like, they're take they did it to Roswell. They're taking well, all the shows from like the nineties and they're like, Hey, let's, make it different and make it more whatever. I would say theoretically, I mean, you know, Buffy is in the long line of slayers and the, 
end of season seven. I'm not going to reveal anything because I know Marissa, you haven't seen it, but would lend itself to this idea mm-hmm. of a, a new coming of age Slayer story right. in a very good way. I think it would be awesome if they could get Sarah Michelle Gellar to come back as OG because she's the legend. Um, but, you know, I mean, those are my hopeful wishes, but it has been in development hell just really not being able to pull it off and um, I don't really care either way have you heard of or read in every generation I have it but I've never read it um but I really like I as soon as I saw that it existed I picked it up and I just I it's like I have it it's still in the slipcover I'm very like it's like I'm protective of it yeah. I, I have um, to say it's not even I, something like it's not rare. It's just <laughs> Yeah. I I started it. I actually kind of gave up on chapter 10. Um I oh, personally really? didn't like the story, but the author Kendara Blake obviously loved the series. And it oh. is very apparent that like she took the series, she cradled it, she loved it, she nurtured it and then created this art from it. So it's like I have so much appreciation and thankfulness that like she took the source material there and like Mm -hmm. there's so many references and it's so cool unfortunately I just was not a big fan of the writing or the story so I kind of went you know what not for me but hopefully maybe you'll like it yeah well I'm I'm kind I kind of fall into a very purist category of I I love the movie I love the show um I'll read season eight um I'm interested in reading the boom uh comic uh well I think it's just called Hellmouth um Mm -hmm. there's like an angel series a Buffy series and it like comes together at this point where Drusilla is trying to open the Hellmouth and it's a completely different story but like it comes together where Angel and Buffy meet for the first time at this moment Mm -hmm. and um it seemed like it just seems very interesting it's the only time I've been interested in reading the extended Buffy verse um because otherwise I just it's like I love it it's dear to my heart I it, it was there for me at a time growing up uh where it was just everything really felt real and personal and that kind of thing. Like, I mean, to your point about Xander, Marissa, like, you know, having the guy who you is a friend, but is kind of a creep because he likes you and you don't really know what to do with that. And you, you know, you're trying not to hurt his feelings because you'll like him as a friend and he gets creepy because of it. But then like after events happen, you end up being even better friends because of it. And like all, all of the little points, even those super, you know, metaphored into the supernatural really felt great. And it was also really wonderful to see that strong character, you know, just the way she was and knowing that you had, you could do, yeah, both be, be the hero, be strong, be, you know, everything go, go against the grain of what society is telling you to be, but also, you know, if you want to go out for cheerleading, go out for cheerleading. If you want to dress up for the dance, dress up for the dance, like, you know, the traditional ver- and the against the grain coming together. It really felt like she spoke to something that was really important to me at that time. And I think a lot of girls who watch the show too, Absolutely. which is why I love her so much. And then Chrissy Swanson's is just that it's kind of like a culmination bite-sized version of that. And, um, and it's kind of funny. I was actually watching it and I was thinking Buffy is pre-share from Clueless. He's a little she's bit. share for the horror. That valley girl. Yeah. yeah. That like valley he's, girl. She's dumb and in crowd in the beginning. She recognizes her potential for a smart, from a smart for older better, man. Right. Yeah, Merrick. Right. Yeah. And then she becomes uncool because she has to find herself in that uncoolness, but then becomes cool because of it. And she also pretends to be socially conscious because the ozone guys, yeah, we got to get rid of that. 
No true. That's actually a really good metaphor. You're right. That, that's a great parallel. I tell you what, I would be very amused to watch the two of you have to tolerate like a Gen Zer uh, new slayer because she would be like a TikTok in like totally new vernacular. You two would be so thoroughly annoyed by her and it would be delightful for me. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, let's just, put- I would be afraid that they'd make her like they'd re- they'd reduce the femininity part of it because it's so important to that. I think that balance is really important to what her journey is. And they try to make her like just Captain Marvel where I'm angry and mannish and I can beat everybody up. And like, it's, it's well, not I think fun that's when pretty, there's no well, journey with it, right? But maybe that is the new femininity. No, it's not. No, it's not. That's just rejecting millennia of femininity. Yeah, that's I all don't know. That, that doesn't feel like that, that. I think I agree. Like that's like the whole thing with Buffy is that she is the best of both worlds. She is that tough. I'll kick your ass, beat you up, but I'm going to do it in a really pink, pink, like a pretty pink skirt with glitter. Like that's so you like you guys the are whole saying that if she was, if Buffy, if Buffy has to like look at like this is fascinating. Okay, let's go down this road. So the new Buffy has to be what then to be a Buffy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what is it that I you think she has, like, like Find Katie power said. in her own femininity. Yeah, but what if her femininity isn't that? Like, isn't the definition you two are proposing? Like, you're saying Captain What Captain definition Marvel's am I not, proposing of femininity? That Captain Marvel was not that. Enough with existential uh, questions <laughs> that have no real answer. Let's get to the fun stuff. Woohoo! So I love the nostalgia of this movie because I don't <laughs> know, I'm sure you guys noticed, but, and this is maybe my fat ass, but- the bag of Doritos light that, that her boyfriend was eating because when has <laughs> Doritos light been a thing? And also Buffy drinking clearly Canadian because I know that fucking bottle because I drank I, me some- I don't know. Canadian. What's clearly Canadian? What is clearly Canadian? What? You guys don't know what clearly Canadian is? No. So no. clearly Canadian is basically seltzer. It was flavored flavored sparkling water that like, I mean, they sold- So like at, LaCroix like, before LaCroix? Stores. The yeah. and the I remember there was like blackberry, <laughs> raspberry, strawberry. There was like a very unique, like teardrop shaped bottle. The blackberry clearly Canadian was so fucking good. Like I literally would go get one like every day during the summer. We had a Cumberland Farms convenience store. Oddly enough, right next to where my little VHS or my little uh, video store was. And that stuff was my jam. Apparently you can <laughs> still get it on the internet. Um, Like you can buy it by the case, but- clearly oh my god it's like (laughs) honestly like i think if i drank it today it would probably be like so sickeningly sweet i don't know i just remembered as a kid i fucking loved it like to me it was like just clear fruit soda it was so good and when i saw her drinking that like i don't know like there's just like little things i wanted every one of buffy's outfits like i wanted all of her spandex stuff i did Mm -hmm. i wanted Every, I wanted to be her. I would wear like little bandanas because she wore one when she was working out once. Like, you know how Punky Brewster had like the bandana around the leg? Like yeah. Buffy did the one around the neck. And like, I had to be like Buffy. Never wanted to go blonde. I was okay with my dark hair, but um, <laughs> but yeah, like to me, like there's just, I loved the language. Like I loved uh, how she spoke. I thought it was so adult. Can we take a moment to, to point out that both in this and Hocus Pocus, boobs are yabos. That's true. And I think, I think we should bring that back. Like <laughs> well, you need to start the, my yabos. Yeah. yeah I'm going to start referring to them as my yabos. Triangle, triangle, triangle yabos. yabos. <laughs> so listen, now, one of the criticisms this film gets, and I'm always shocked by, because 
is the whole blend of horror comedy. I personally adore the humor of this film. I think the tone of it is so just de delightful. Like for lack of yes. a better term, I crack up at all. Like literally one of my favorite scenes, and this is probably because I work in schools for too long and I'm now on an admin path, but at the end where he's like, detention, detention, like it cracks me up every time. Fucking <laughs> Paul Rubens. It's just lined paper. Like, I love it. Detention. <laughs> and then the one kid he gives like six to, we all have that detention. one kid we'd give detention. six to. Detention. <laughs> yeah, Steven um, Root is, is wonderful all, yes. of, all of them like joss whedon i get it you create something you think you are going to get a certain product it completely changes i don't blame him for getting pissed and walking away but kind of like how beetlejuice was originally supposed to be an actual scary movie and then mm -hmm. what we got after some changes was beetlejuice it's like i don't know that i'd want it any other way i'm a big fan of the horror comedy and this yes this it's just it's so witty it's so well done like this is made for that for the audience of like this is for like the 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 14 to 21 14 to 24 kind of audience yeah and i think it's dare i say it's very meta and self-aware before that was cool like i i feel like one of the things that this film has lasting power for me and you guys are not going to be shocked that i'm like jumping to carol clover here and my women in chainsaws but i mean i love that the blonde typical foil to the final girl is is the protagonist and is the ultimate you know what i mean like i thought it was so aware like the choices that are made to me are so specific and like even what you just said jackie that was beautiful about how much you used to relate to her because as a girl who didn't relate to her i was sitting there in like flannel shirts and oversized jeans so like i never was like oh i wish i could dress like buffy and i still adored the feminism of it, the comedy of it, just the good vampires, you know, like I, I loved everything about it. So I agree with you. I think it was self-aware and very careful in its decisions in all the best ways, in my opinion. One of my favorite examples of the feminism in this movie is how Buffy does not pad any of the men in her life. She doesn't pad their feelings. My favorite moment is at the end, the gymnasium is, you know, awry with vampire bodies and just whatever. And Pike was like, oh my God, did I do all of this? And she was like, no. And he's like, did you do all of this? She's like, yeah, so it was cute. me. Yeah. Like, yes. Did he, no, I can't even say, I was going to say, did Pike aid in the defeat of Lothos? No, not at all. You didn't. No, he's very slapsticky like and like the fact, Yeah. The fact that all of the events happened and Pike didn't need to be there. Yes, he did bring some weapons and that was helpful in like the little, you know, fight here and there. But at the end, when it came down to the main fight, yeah. Mike didn't need to be there. And that was fantastic that it was like, there was no, we did not need to rely on the man. On the man to agree. In any way, shape or form. Like Buffy was nope. like, cool, I got this flag. I'm going to yeah. do the thing. I'm going to break a chair. Boom. Yep. Yeah. It was all her, yeah. Although I will yeah. say, man, did Pike awaken something in me, something else in me that oh, I will yeah, talk yeah. about well, on there. Well, <laughs> I actually have a really, I, I wrote a really important question for Jackie and Marissa, you can feel free to also uh, participate in it. But um, it's Mary Boff Kill, uh, Luke Perry, David Arquette, Paul Rubens in this movie. Um, I marry Luke Perry. This was what I was excited about. <laughs> I'm going to fuck Paul Rubens and I'm going to kill it. Benny. I'm gonna kill Benny. <laughs> deep, you gotta deep kill seated Benny. love for Paul Rubens. I'll fuck him, but I'm marrying. I'm marrying Luke Perry. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. David Is that Arquette, your choice too, Candy? That's your that's your <gasps> thing too. What well, I see, I don't know, because Paul Rubens has in this movie has the expectation that I could possibly get eternal life with like marrying. 
Yeah. Right. I, I There's a potential I for that. But Luke Perry is is tasty. Yeah, uh, David so Arquette tasty. dies. Yeah. No, we David her. Arquette dies. Well, okay. Luke Perry, can, can, I, can I like pre-goatee, post-goatee this? Yes. It's important. <laughs> it's important. <laughs> I will sandwich. marry him only without soul patch. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Otherwise, I'll Fair. marry Rubens. I think that's in your prenup. Is that right. a shame? Yeah, yeah, it, it is. He's it got really it. is. Um, no I'm soul gonna, Yeah, me. I think I'm shagging Betty, you guys, and then killing Paul Rubens. I'm sorry. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, to kill Paul Rubens. That was a swerve. I wasn't expecting yeah. that. To, to kill Paul Rubens <laughs> is the most entertaining part of this whole movie. Well, that's, like, I think that's, I want that death, right? is the greatest scene of the whole movie i hope i die like totally like, improvised really yeah. oh god he's yeah he improvised it yeah yeah the part where he kicks the wall gets that's, the, every that's my favorite part when my favorite I part heard, when i when i walked into a door which is inevitably every day there have been times where i'm like i walk past something i hit myself and i'm like ow it's the absolute his i have literally laughed out loud every single time i've seen that part because it's just and then if you watch the post-credit scene with him oh, dying mm, a little bit more continuing to die it's yes. so funny Absolutely oh my god and i love i love the post-credit scene when they were talking doing all the news interviews mm -hmm. and and when jenny is with buffy's ex-boyfriend oh i forget his name all of a sudden and she's like i can't believe i let you do that to me <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, like all of them, like the principal in that. That's so great. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I, I like love that. I don't know if they're on drugs or anything. I always just think, unfortunately, I go back to the TV show with Principal Snyder and like PCP, their kids on PCP. Like, <laughs> Not unlike the TV or show. It's a game. To, to, ah. to bounce to the TV show real quick, I know for the longest time, you know, are you on Team Angel? Are you on Team Spike? Are Spike. you on, you know, whatever. From moment one, I've been on Team Giles. And honestly, thank you. Yeah, I mean, Giles has been the hottest thing in, in the Buffyverse since the beginning. I don't care. Fight me. Do you hear him sing and play acoustic guitar? Fight me. So good. <laughs> we so got good. to warn Buffy. Oh, God, <laughs> the musical episode just makes me so happy. The, it, the, the part where he's singing in... um. Restless when he's mm -hmm. on stage and he's singing about what happens. Please don't bleed on my couch. I just had it steam cleaned. Like, it's so funny. Yeah. Oh, it's so yeah. No, I. But that being said, I am always the biggest fan of the Watchers. Not that I want to do anything sexual with Donald Sutherland, Sutherland but Merrick. Merrick is one of my favorites. I love Merrick. My favorite it. moment. My favorite <laughs> moment where it gets to me. It gets slightly spicy was when he was trying to convince her that she is the slayer and he's like right before he throws the knife when he was like just one more thing and he kind of does this with his little mustache where he's mm -hmm. like one more thing and he throws the knife at her I was like okay that was a little hot that, ah, was, yeah. that was a little hot I also <laughs> love that he I, plays a watcher and then well not the end then but prior to that when his son is a vampire in Lost Boys that's just fun yeah that we have the whole watcher vampire keep it in the family yeah I know I feel bad it probably was because he was a watcher that you know Kiefer but, got yeah. targeted or David David really. yeah David probably um, got targeted because his dad's a watcher it's, you know, I know I mean I wanted, wanted to if I was a vampire movie. I would go for the watcher's <laughs> kids if they had them for sure but no I I love <laughs> Donald Sutherland's performance he, him yeah. as Merrick like it just it sets the bar for what the watcher is supposed to be and I do like really? there's eventually a female watcher right well yeah but not she, gonna ruin that for you yeah. 
I mean, there is. Of course, she winds up being a bad guy, right? Like, I'm sure that's the big twist. <laughs> oh, anyway. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, no, but what, uh, again, another difference in this movie, which it makes sense because this is very fantasy-based movie, but the Watcher in this movie dies and is born again and is reincarnated every time with the knowledge that he's going to be a watcher. That's yes. not something that's carried over to the show. And like, there's no. several watchers and like, there's the whole watchers council. There's qu- quite a many differences, but I <laughs> really do like that. I like the, like the mythology of the watcher in, uh-huh. in the movie. Well, I think that's pretty cool that like, he just, he comes back as a different person, but he's still, he's still Merrick in every version. And, and one thing I always thought was really interesting, and they touch on this in the show, but kind of not like as, as much, like they don't really discuss it, but I find it interesting that a lot of potentials get found and trained with watchers from very young age. Mm-hmm. And the, I, I mean, the idea even in the, the movie, and it, it is carried from the movie to the TV show, is that Merritt got to her too late. Like he'd been, mm-hmm. he couldn't find her. He, he had found all the other ones when they were younger and was able to train them and get them up to speed on where they needed to be. And I think it's so amazing. And it's kind of this great metaphor for how we grow up and almost a better coming of age story, this kind of idea of, um, you know, if we don't know who we are, then as individuals, then we can't embrace the potential that we have within ourselves. So it's almost like the girls that were trained from a very young age and only ever knew to be slayers, they couldn't face Lothos. But the girl who had found herself and had come into her own as her own person, who then found out she was a slayer, was able to marry those two things into the the one that would finally defeat him. And I find that so poetic. And it's something that I think makes Buffy the legendary slayer. She's not the one who was pecked at birth like Kendra or some of the other potentials we see later. Um, She was somebody, she didn't have a watcher growing up. So having that ability to find her, her own identity before having to be the slayer means she gets to be both. And that makes her more powerful. And that's, I agree with you. I think that's definitely one of the most beautiful thematic threads of all this for me is this idea of like these, both the film and the series are literally centered around what most people would be dismissive of, which is like adolescent angst and specifically from a female lens. And, and to me, I love that she is so you're right I love that Merrick kind of like in his dying speech is like you do you because he realizes that he realizes that her strength lies in who she is and like she's never like it's never minimized like there's such significance to the arc of her finding herself in this story because you're right like she very much outgrows the assholes around her and in doing Uh so becomes a better person and more strong and self-realized person. And like, I just love, even in the the very limited amount of the episodes of the series that I've watched, I I definitely think that there's something really beautiful about looking at the lens of like a teen girl and being like, this is so important because it is going to frame who you are and who you become. And you're right. I think it's interesting that the ones who were from birth are never nearly as strong as as, as Buffy is as a character. I was watching a TED talk um, a while back and it was talking about the psychology of the idea of coming of age and how there is this like 
you know, when, once the child kind of starts socializing more and becoming, taking on more aspects of their identity from their peers rather than their parents, um, they, they start to, you know, adopt those things that are around them. And this is like ages, like, you know, puberty through about 16 to 18, I think it is. And then around 16 to 18, that psychology starts getting fractured because like you were saying, they start sloughing off those things that they don't think are actually, so it's like they have to ingest all of these pieces of identity so they know which ones to get rid of. And then it isn't until you're about 20, 22, 23 that you're fully formed as the person that you're like meant to be, so to speak. And so when I think that's such an important aspect of the coming of age is that these these important life moments being chosen as a slayer or, you know, more real things um, all come at this time because they have to come in. So that way, when you grow it up, you know, by the end of the series, Buffy's 22, she's finally, she's fully formed at that point. And it takes her that long. It takes her seven seasons and a movie, if we're pretending like it's canon, to fully form. And she's never fully formed. She's cookie dough. She just needs to be baked. Mm-hmm. And you'll get that when you watch the finale. <laughs> Now, am I fair to say that in the series, uh, a lot of her, Buffy faces a lot of traumas that maybe inform her journey too? Because um, that's something that, because that's something that I think I, I, I hesitated. I think why I hesitate so much with Buffy is because my fear as watching it as a, you know, a 40 year old mother of two tween da- teen, now teen daughters, and mm-hmm. someone who is in what I consider to be a kind of post- hopefully whatever, you know, like as far as film, film critique goes, whatever stage of my evolution I'm in, I'm worried that I'm just going to hate and not see it for the, what the feminism it was at the time, because I'd be looking at it with today's, you know, like, it'd be hard for me to be like, oh, she should totally stay with Spike after he rapes her, you know what I mean? Like, I think I would have a lot of really, uh, mixed feelings and and that's I think why I I I think I'm going to choose to kind of let it slide because I don't want to ruin what I think was a very powerful series for so many people especially particularly women you know so it's like it's it's a weird it's a weird interesting thing with that whole thing because I'm worried you're right one of the things I worry the most about with before Buffy both in the movie and in the show is that she is still ultimately having her life dictated by men and the fucking terrible things they they enact upon her or make her face you know well, and I think that's the most important thing to recognize about the series and one of the, re- is like, yes, like th- there are the moments in the stories and you really do see her stand up for herself. There are many episodes where she really does shirk that, that patriarchal, you know, those things that are dictating her. And there are really great moments where she's overcoming that. And then there are the moments where she really does feel impeded by it. But kind of like what I was saying before is it's, it's weird because you take it as part of the journey and it's not like trying to tell you anything or moralize you on anything. It's just kind of the, this is the story that is being told and you recognize that she's not fully formed. She's not trying to give you a moral yet until the show ends. And it isn't until you get the full story that she is, she is fully formed and the, the story is fully formed. Because when you take it in just pieces and you look at it, you can absolutely say, oh, this is super problematic. And this is, oh, this is super empowering. I think all of those things exist because they do exist in real life. And it's about taking the good with the bad and finding your way through it. So the journey is really important. If I can give any sort of, you know, thoughts to yeah. your viewing. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. 
I just, I mean, it, there's no, I, I would feel like it would be remiss of me as the token, you know, feminist part of the Jersey Bulls to not say that at the end of the day, it's still a girl whose powers are dictated by older white men. Like, I think it would be, it would be, it would be wrong of me to at least not take that moment to acknowledge that Buffy without the watchers, it, it doesn't even become Buffy. And to me, that's, that's the fundamental I guess the crux of like, I hate that trauma and victimhood and so much of her identity has to be dictated by that. You know what I mean? Like when you talked about that journey, it was yeah. so beautiful. You're right. I, I agree with you. I just, you know, uh, taking just this film, even if we can, you know, like, it's just like, meh, that's the part well, that I will the say, one thing I, I'm like, meh. Can I, <laughs> can I say there is one thing that I'm super happy did not carry over into the TV show and that's the period cramp alarm system. Like if there was anything if that only. is like, like I, I, if anything I will give to you, Marissa, as being oh, super you. problematic and horrible in the movie, it's like, really? That's the only one you're going to give me. Cramps. <laughs> At right now in this moment, before thinking over everything we've discussed, that is little, funny as hell, but yeah. I just think it's crazy. You know me. I will always go back to, you don't have to watch everything. You don't have to like everything. Like, it's okay to never watch any more Buffy. Like, you're not, yeah, you know. No, I'm not you know looking I mean? like for, like, I just, I'm just saying, mm-hmm. like, I, what I've been experiencing thus far in my watches has not been, I don't want to shit so on hang your it up. You know what I mean? No, I'm curious because yeah. I do want to keep going, but I, and, and I might, I might never get through it. But again, like, I think, and that's what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to reconcile. Like, I remember watching the show when it first came out when I was younger and thinking it was so fucking cool. So I'm like, I, it's, it's just been an interesting journey of being like, what has changed so drastically that I see yeah. so much that I take issue it, with, you know? We just, and we've it, got older, we become yeah, <laughs> more and, aware and, so and, and that's No, I just mean, we become more aware of like no, the rights and the wrongs and yeah, we yeah, can see true, problematic yeah. things in it now. It's like when, when it's like watching Full House now, you're like, why? so not funny but when I was a kid I fucking knee slapped all day at this shit like it's just you do you just evolve you know I I I recently wrote a piece because um it's like the 25th year of the anniversary of the tv show and like the first season um I think it was in February or March um but uh I I, when I was thinking back I just kind of wrote a love letter to everything I love about it and I think and a, a big theme of what I wrote was that Buffy always found me at the right time Uh, because I watched seasons one through five when I was younger and more like preteen teen. Um, And then I didn't watch season six until I was in college. And I, season six is a much darker, much older, much more adult show. And so season seven kind of marries those two things. Um, But I think that if I had watched season six, when I was the age, when it first came out, I would have been much more disconnected from it and probably would feel a lot less love for it, except for the musical episode, because who doesn't love that? Um, But I do think there is this kind of growing up with Buffy that makes her so near and dear to me, whether it like the the movie for sure, the TV show, definitely. and so, yeah, it might be a situation, unfortunately, where you just don't love it as much as we do. And that's OK. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I think I just like I said, I think I just didn't. I missed the boat. And so and that's it's important to me to not kind of like view it with my modern lens, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And 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 judge it for that, because I think it's important. What's more important is your guy's story with it, is, is that's yeah. fair. You know, like I just. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. even if you just, you know, not for nothing, but just avoid 
some of the episodes like honestly like look up like what are the 10 funniest Buffy episodes or like yeah the like 10 most important do, like- do it that way just cherry yeah. pick the fun ones because uh-huh. like definitely any of the Halloween episodes oh I love the Halloween episodes I've seen like two or three of those yeah yeah like that. definitely the Halloween yeah. definitely no I'm, um, yeah I'm, I'm any not of trying the ones to take where, any power away from the series I really yeah, any not. of the ones where reality is somehow shifted like yeah. Um, um, is good. Doppelgangland's amazing. Uh, Tabla Rosa is Tabla Rosa, ama- yeah, yeah. That, like, any any of the alternate um, oh, shifting uh, ones, superstar, you gotta <gasps> watch superstar. Oh my god, I love Jonathan so much. Jonathan is so amazing. I didn't oh, yeah, know like- that he created Empire. P.S. <laughs> like, uh, Danny Strong created the show Empire. What, yes. Jonathan is such a major character oh, that gets interwoven yeah. through many seasons. Oh, yeah, and I would say uh, Earshot is a really poignant mm. episode. It's not mm. funny, but it's very, like, it's it's good. It's good teen after school drama. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's an yeah. We, we should probably do, we should put a list together for of, like yeah. some of the- <laughs> That'd be fun. Some of our skip, favorites. Yeah. Skip Wild at Heart. Skip the one with the ghost children where Buffy and Riley have to, like, all the I, time. I've never, I've never liked Riley. I've never Riley sucks. He was like the tool bag one, right? Yeah, he's like that's the tool military bag. boyfriend. That's no, the military no boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> tool bag. That's a wonderful. He, to me, he just—he literally just struck me as a tool yeah. bag when I when I did watch one episode. I was like, who is this tool? Like, I actually season four, like her first year Sorry. of college. That might be like my least favorite season. Like season yeah. four is, is probably- but it has some of the best arguable episodes. Mm. Like hush. See, this all hush. makes me want to oh, watch it more. Good. Yeah, no, hush is amazing. <laughs> well, you know, we'll put together like our we'll look at the seasons and like maybe pick like two or three from every season that like we think you need to watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then like it'll be all the good stuff. Um, also, fun fact about the movie. Ooh, you know, I Seth Green facts. appears for like three seconds as a vampire, Back later to return as Oz in the yep. TV show. I I had that thought. I was like, huh, he's in the he's the werewolf. <laughs> yeah. 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 And we he's like, the- it's like literally a snap, like blink and you'll miss it, but he's in it. Yeah. We get Ben Affleck uncredited in the movie. We get yep. um Oscar winner, Ben Affleck, and Oscar winner Hillary Swank <laughs> in her debut. Sasha Jensen of oh, Halloween Hillary. 4 fame as the shitty boyfriend. All I ever think of with Hillary Swank <laughs> is the episode of The Office where they spend the entire episode arguing over whether or not Hillary Swank is hot. And it's <laughs> the fucking most fucked up but hilarious thing in the world. Um, I'm still, jury's still out on that. <laughs> I, I vote hot. Um, you know, one thing that you're probably gonna be surprised I love about this film that is always like little... 12 year old marissa's favorite is when they're dancing he's like oh i guess you want to lead and she's like no and he's like yeah me neither i love i actually really love that like i, I adore mm-hmm. it like it's one of my favorite besides paul rubin's epic death um and mm-hmm. i was always a little secretly afraid of the scene in like where the float so i thought it was like a carnival i'm never sure of what that is when she first meets oh, oh like that's the, the parade storage the like parade, the parade right. storage it looks, it's like yeah. creepy and, okay. yeah it is oh no it's that's <laughs> That's a very creepy moment. I don't know uh, why. I like how the vampires in this movie, um, they have the same affliction that the foot from Ninja Turtles have of when you're in a fight <laughs> and there's more than one vampire, they just sit back and they wait their turn before they fight you like this. <laughs> like that happened yeah. on more than one occasion. If oh, there yeah, was where a they few just vampires, do this, like the they sit yeah. and wait and just kind of like, ready? For, for audio ready? listeners ready? out there, we have our hands up and we're pulsing. Like yeah, jazz hands. They attack one at a time. They patiently wait their turn. 
good manners. I really good thought manners. that's how you do it. Like when, if I'm ever in a fight with a group, I intend to just stand here and put my hands up and bop yeah. up and down quietly yeah. and wait for my turn to get my ass in. If I'm going to be in a group I'm fight, yes, it's either going to be wait your turn or it's a dance off. I will also say, I love how the fastest way from point A to point B is tumbling and never just running. No. Um, this movie no, almost made me no. want to be a cheerleader. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> cheerleading is a skill. Chad pointed that out. Still, and, yes. Uh, if you are a nerd that watches video game speed runs, then you know that that is the quickest way because <laughs> there are like Zelda speed runs uh, with Ocarina of Time where to get to the fastest point, he just tumbles the whole time. Oh. So maybe I should start tumbling everywhere and see how I go. Everywhere. Having just done a wrestling tryout where you have to tumble over your shoulder, it is not fun. Oh no. <laughs> blows my mind that never changes in society and i'm curious to see if it ever is deconstructed is high school politics of like it always blows my mind that like the group the core group from like the breakfast club and then in this film like the jockey group all that stuff like how are these all still tropes that exist and is society just perpetuating like i i just i wish we lived in a world where it wasn't like the jocks and then the, the like their, their valley girl girlfriend slash cheerleader girls the nerdy kids the weird outlaw kids like pike and benny um like it just blows my mind that 40 years later 50 years later nothing changes in that, in that yeah, i like how you're giving the eddie speech right now when he stands up in the cafeteria and he's like, and the guys who throw balls into laundry baskets. Yeah, right. Like and that's, it's none of it. That's changes. just as uncool yeah. as and us, Eddie's okay? just as dorky, right? And Eddie fits yeah. so beautifully into although I did like the metal the mashup of the heavy metal kid with the DD kid, because I'm not sure the DD kids were ever that hardcore with their music, but I don't know. I oh, wasn't either. D D and metal totally overlap. Yeah. Which yeah. is pretty cool. There's a lot of there's a lot of heavy metal. There's a whole fantasy metal genre. I mean, wow, check out Dragon Force. That's pretty dorky. Yeah. <laughs> I have a I have a workout playlist that is exclusively fantasy metal fantasy because I want to listen to dragons yeah, and six string guitars while yeah. I'm working out. The closest <laughs> I get to to fantasy with my rock is Led Zeppelin. <laughs> Jimmy Page, he bought Aleister Crowley's castle in That's Scotland. That's what I'm saying. So, you know, if you we listen got a cult to, to Led Zeppelin, the, half their lyrics reference like Lord of the Rings and like all kinds of geeky stuff. Yeah. Um, he literally, like literally entire songs are written about Lord of the Rings. For the oh time. yeah. One last thing on Led Zeppelin. Uh, I oh. recommend like just Google um, backward masking stairway to heaven and listen to the like backward recording of him Ooh. like hailing Satan, quote I unquote. It's that really choppy. It's silly, That's but it sounds just, super fun. I'll it exists on out. YouTube. So yeah, <laughs> I'm in. Um, Jackie, anything else on your list? Just like this is super. I would say that this is super nostalgia trip for me because it is. But also at the same time, I watch this movie like three times a year, Jeez. so it's just very familiar. Like this is this is comfort food. This is mashed potatoes and gravy for me. This is That's very fair. much my comfort food. I felt very comforted in my watching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely something that just gets put on. And there's just so many great. I, oh, I do have one very important note, and it is because the soundtrack is amazing. Um, I mean, the soundtrack is super good, but if you have the Blu-ray release of it, the song in the scene where Pike is fleeing the vampires is no longer Zap City, and it trips me out. Wait, they so, changed the song? They changed the song. It's not huh. the same song as That's the previous really releases random. that I've seen. Okay. And, yeah. Wonder why. Like, maybe they didn't have the rights or something. They didn't see anything. Yeah, maybe they didn't have the rights for the redistribution, yeah. but it was like the Blu-ray does not have the right song from the huh. original. 
Interesting. There's, there, the soundtrack is so good. Susanna Hoff does a cover of an Oingo Boingo song. The Divinals Susanna. have a really good song. Fucking Toad the Wet Sprocket. I want to dance, uh, dance to that. I want to dance to that. Like my wedding. I want to dance to prom and play that song. I loved that song. Like I would put that song on and cry about boys. Like that Aww. Toad the Wet Sprocket song is so pretty. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to check this out. Yeah. Sadly, if you go on Spotify, like they have the soundtrack on Spotify, but there's and actually like a couple of the songs are no longer available on Spotify. I don't know yeah. if by from the rights, if the artist pulled it or, or whatever, oh, no. but sadly there, there are a couple of songs. It has them listed. You just can't play them. But, um, but yeah, really, really fun soundtrack. Like that opening, that opening song is fucking CNC Music Factory. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Fucking 1992 CNC Music Factory coming in hot with a cheerleading number like that. I'm so excited. Uh, oh, I mean, good for CNC. That, that's exactly where they should have been. My last note is just, can we all have basketball coaches that are that positive? <laughs> that's it. I'd like to think I'm that positive of a basketball Are coach. you? I was wondering. <laughs> yeah, I was curious. My team does about <laughs> as well, too. So it's yeah. like, I'm always like, yeah. guys, we're, we're so good. Marissa is definitely, uh, you know, get out there, have fun, make good choices. Right. Just, make good I, choices. Are you smiling? Are you having fun? Yeah. I got orange <laughs> slices yep. right over here. Need some energy. I do bring snacks. I always bring you snacks. Know. I know. That important. is God, yes. You are. I she love is. that about you. I love it. Bold, I think that's really in all of my coaching gigs. That's what I bring to the table is that I'm just super positive and nice, no matter how we do. <laughs> <laughs> Although every once in a while I get mad just once in a while. Well, Jackie, as always, I have adored celebrating your birthday. Katie, thank you so, so much for joining us for today's episode. Tell us where we can find some more Katie Musings. Uh, Katie Musings, well, Horror Geek Life is uh, where I will be. Tw- I'm usually twice a month. I got a retro out. Last month was the fun Italian jello de- depth dive. But I also want to wish Jackie the happiest of happy birthdays. Um, and thank you so much for having me on this uh, Buffy dive. I we love needed, it. I will we never not talk expert. about it. Uh, is there a word for that? <laughs> Can you guys tell me what the word is for what? a Buffy expert? There's got to be like, like I an think ex- it's like- just Buffy expert. No, there's a word. You <laughs> guys are don't play bashful with me now. There's a word for this. Just B- like Buffy X-Files file. fans were like. <laughs> We are the watchers. We are the watchers. Or something like something geeky. I'm trying to think, and I may (laughs) be wrong, but Katie, I think you are the first guest to make a double appearance on a birthday episode. (gasps) Because you and Zach have done a birthday episode before. Yes. Was the only other person I can think of is Matt Kelly, would have been, but I don't know if Matt Kelly has been on more than one birthday episode. I've been on more than one birthday episode. (laughs) You've been on everyone, silly Billy. But no, Katie, I think that you have the i think you have the honor of being wow. our first what a well-deserved yeah you I think are so. one i think I, I, I might be so wrong much. but i think you have the honor of being the first double birthday guest <sighs> and that's so get, toasty let's get real crazy now you have to be on my birthday episode too then just yeah. be like uh, you know just say the name <laughs> just say the word just say the word and i'm gonna make you do um super like movies that jack uh for my birthday episode we're doing uh, elevated horror just to make Jackie bad. Because <laughs> apparently that's what best friend. Apparently that's what best friends do to each other. They purposely make you miserable. It's my birthday. Bogus. <laughs> so bogus. My birthday. If I want to make As you miserable. What's this? What's your sitch? What's your exactly. You're so you're so guys. Let's eat ago. some bogus corn and oh watch some if, if spoke like elevated that, horror. Like, I would cry, Katie. Thank you so, so much for joining us for my birthday episode. Everybody, I hope you had a good time. Go out, 
get some cupcakes, eat some cupcakes because it's my motherfucking birthday. And don't forget to check us out on social media or your favorite podcasting app. Just search for Jersey Ghouls. You can find our podcast, our blog, contact information, and all sorts of fun stuff on our website, jerseyghouls.com. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.